The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank with Janet Kunst. It's time to turn up your company's marketing efforts. We'll show you how with a variety of actionable plans that you can start using right now. Get ready. Big results are just ahead. Now, here is your host, Janet Kunst. Good morning and welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. I guess it's actually afternoon right now. I'm Janet Kunst, your host, and I am so glad that you're joining us. Our topic today is it's all in the plan, building your business roadmap. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about various aspects of your marketing strategy. And today what I want to do is I want to make sure that we put together that those different components and talk about the overall business plan and how to get there and how to make sure that your strategy is correct for your business. So today we're going to look at how to get clarity and start establishing your goals, uh, what information you need to put together a proper business plan and marketing plan, and some tips to successfully implement your business and marketing plan. And I am so glad that my friend Mickey Gubman, who is a certified Focal Point Business Coach is joining us today. And I want to give you a little bit of his background before he actually comes on so that you get a feel for uh, how how much of an expert he is at, at uh, business planning and helping businesses grow into who they're supposed to be. So Mickey has about 30 years of had had about 30 years of experience with the tenant company. He was a managing director there and worked with businesses worldwide to establish processes and systems to drive faster growth and greater profits. And after he retired, now he combines these skills and expertise with the methodologies of management expert Brian Tracy to help small and mid-sized businesses do the same thing. And he believes it's important to change the way we view business. And Mickey encourages his clients and colleagues to embrace change break down global barriers, and be creative. And one of the best things that I like about Mickey is his tagline. He says, he doesn't run your business, he helps you run it better. And I think that's really important because what we need is somebody who's going to be a coach rather than somebody who's going to tell us exactly what to do. They're going to coach us through the process. So welcome, Mickey. Thanks, Janet, and I appreciate that kind introduction. My pleasure. So let's get started. And uh, you are a business coach. So when you start putting together your plan with with a new client, what is the first thing that you start doing? Where do you start? Uh, The start's always the the most important. And when I'm going to talk about the plan, I'm going to talk about annual plans because those are so important. Um, My coaching program that I use with my clients is based on five building blocks. And the first one is you mentioned a couple moments ago is all about clarity. And this is where I help my clients figure out who they are. You know, we spend so much time focusing on the business that we don't really focus on why we're in the business. Now, the way I help them figure out who they are and 
why they're in the business is I do a behavioral assessment with them known as DISC. That's spelled D-I-S-C. And what this does is it helps the client understand how to communicate effectively so that they get greater results. And they're going to communicate better with their uh, people, their personnel, their colleagues, their suppliers, as well as their customers. But I also use the DISC to help me communicate better with them so I can coach them better. So as we continue on with Clarity, we also work on defining their business more clearly. They need to know who their competition is, and they need to know who their target customers are. So this is uh, where I typically start with my client. Um, do you find that when, when you start talking to them about their business and their competition and who their customers are, sometimes they just have a great idea and they don't know where to go with it? Or they haven't even thought about some of those processes and as they've put their plan together? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, every great business starts with a great idea. And you, you think you know where you should be going. You think you know who your customer is. But as you get into it, you find out it's, it's not that easy. You find out you may have been going down the wrong road and looking at the wrong type of customer. Right. Yeah, and, and that's kind of hard to go through, isn't it? Because you have to redirect what you were thinking, and sometimes that's hard for people to do. Absolutely. So, okay, now that uh, your client is clear about the business that they're in and who and looking at their clients and competition and, and how to communicate, what's the next step? Well, the next step here is really getting the, the goals and objectives down on paper, and setting goals and objectives are one of the most critical, if not the critical element to running a successful business, is setting plans thoughtfully and carefully is going to be very key to any company's success, and Janet, i got to tell you, what's really sad is there are so many companies that fail to plan. Now, big companies will spend up to a year making a plan for the next year, but the small companies figure, well... I know what it is that I want to do, and I'm just going to do it. And you know that old saying that goes, failure to plan is planning to fail? Mm -hmm. I see that so often. And many times, although coaching should be used to help good companies do well, coaching is also used to help those companies that aren't doing so well get better. And the one key element about them all is that the plan that they have has not been successful for them. So... In fact, let me, let me tell you, uh, there, there's a study that Harvard Business School did a few years mm-hmm. back when they, they queried graduate students that were setting up their businesses as to whether they had set goals and plans. What's amazing about this is only 3% of the students had not only set goals and plans, but had put them in writing so that they could be held accountable for, for meeting uh, their objectives. And this 3% of the student population that put everything in writing they made up to 10 times more than the 97% of that graduate school class who did not follow the same process. Isn't that crazy? That's remarkable. Yeah, so annual planning and and setting goals and objectives is is just so important, and it really isn't rocket science. We all should and we can do it. And at the same time, though, we shouldn't take the process lightly. We should put a lot of thought to it uh, into every stage of the plan. 
Yeah, it's interesting. When I was in corporate, we we did put a lot of effort into putting the uh, marketing plan or the business plan in place. But then sometimes it just got put on a shelf. We knew the direction that we had to go, but it wasn't taken out on a regular basis to look at. And then by the end of the year, we didn't know why we didn't meet our goals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see that all the time, companies big and small. Yeah. So it this, this is really one of those key components when either when you're setting up a business or if you're trying to grow your business that you need to concentrate on. Absolutely. Yeah. You just... I've seen it so often that you have that notebook where the business plan is located and where the annual plan is. It's sitting on a shelf just covered in dust. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, Mickey, how would a business go about setting that plan? Well, uh, first, when when you're building a plan, uh, it's not just as simple as going in and writing down, this is what I'd like to accomplish. What you have to do is you have to consider history. You have to see what happened in the prior year, in the prior couple of years in your, biz, in your business because your actions from the past are truly indicators of what your success is going to be in the future. I'll give you an example. When, when thinking about the past, one should examine their prior year's goals that they achieved and those that weren't achieved. And they have to understand what were the strengths that they had that allowed them to accomplish some of the objectives, and what weaknesses did they exhibit in that past financial period that kept them from meeting some of their goals? But as much as we want to think about the past, we also have to look at some indicators of the future. And while it's always hard to say what's going to happen in the future, there are some things that are right in front of us. You have plenty of financial data and plenty of indicators. And The indicators could be opportunities for a business, but they could also be threats. Understanding those will help you build a really strong plan. And I go through this with my clients. I I go through a complete analysis of their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, or what are known as the SWOT analysis. And some of those indicators for the future will include, obviously, economic data, but we also have to think about employment and, and environmental regulations. And what if you're importing? What if you're selling a product that you're importing or maybe you're exporting? You have to really understand what the future holds for the foreign currencies. Is there going to be some exchange rate issues to where perhaps you're thinking you're going to pay X amount of dollars for a product and because of overvaluation or devaluation, the product gets much more expensive? And the other one today particularly is we have to think about the cost of labor and where we're going to find the right people to fill open positions. Right. So, I mean, just think about it. If we look at what our, our unemployment rate is today, it's under 5%. Right. So that, that is like an overemployment type of thing. And so our big struggle for employers today is where do they find the workers with the skill sets needed to get the job done? So... So you've done your homework and, and you've determined a financial goal, you've thought about what your risks are, you've thought about what your opportunities are, and you've got to make sure that you also include in all these things what your revenue and profit are that you want to attain or need to attain for the next year. Right, and, and particularly in this environment, um, there are so many things that are happening 
particularly in the U.S., that could affect the way that you do business with those around you. It could be policies. It could be the way that um, the your customers change. And there's a lot of different things that you have to take into account. And it's not only at the annual planning stage, but on an ongoing basis so that you can revise that plan as you go. Oh, and, and that's so critical. And, and to that point, as you brought it up, when you do have that plan set and, and you've got your goals ahead of you, those are the things that when you set those, you've got to be pretty confident because your goals and your objectives should not change throughout the year. Because if you do change those, what purpose does setting a plan have? If you're not going to stick to it, if you don't have the, the intestinal fortitude to, to fight it out and to hit those numbers. So you really want to make sure that you understand all the dynamics when, when you do finally set your financial goals in place. Right. And, and what you're talking about is more strategies versus tactics. You That's have right. your goals and your tactics may change over time. So, mm-hmm. so that's really what we need to keep in mind is that this is a, a, a 30,000 foot ceiling view. Um, and then you have to get into your tactics. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Mickey, it's time for our first break. And when we come back, we're going to just continue our discussion on business planning. Okay. So stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Let's face it, marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411marketingsolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411marketingsolutions.com. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. 
And I just want to let you know that this segment of our show is sponsored by SA Electric Incorporated. So if you're in Southern California, SA Electric has the expertise to solve all of your industrial, commercial, and residential electrical needs. No matter what the project, SA Electric provides reliable and expert service. And if you have a problem and you give them a call, they will actually walk you through the the solution if they think they can fix it over the phone. Or they'll give you a reasonable uh, bid as to what it will cost. So give my friend Savash a call at 949-395-5225 or visit online at SA dash electric.com and thanks uh thanks Savash and SA Electric for sponsoring this segment but now let's get back to our discussion and and Mickey before we left we were talking about some of the goals and 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 factors that we need to look at in setting our business plan and one of the things that you mentioned was that you need to consider uh competition so what, what types of things do you need to consider about your competition as you establish your uh, annual plan? Uh, that, that's a great question, Janet, because identifying competitors is a, a very important step in this process. And as soon as we stop considering the competitive landscape, understanding who our competitors are uh, is, is when we start to fail. Look, competition's always going to be around, no doubt about it. It's always going to be there, and we don't have to be frightened by it. We just have to respect it. We have to understand our competitors so that we can promote our value proposition effectively. That's a really good point. So how do you figure out who your competition is? Um, there, there are a number of steps to doing this. Uh, I think there are too many to discuss in the time that we have, but I'll give you a few questions that the listeners should consider when they evaluate their competition. First of all, who are their most successful competitors? Who are those that perhaps they strive to be that are truly in their competitive space? Um, Why do customers buy from the competitor? Now, you think about those questions, but conversely, think about in what ways is the listener or is the business owner superior to their competition, what do they do better than 90% of their competitors? So you got to have a reason for people to come to buy from you. And you also have to think about what is the unique selling proposition? What is so special about your product or your service that, well, people just can't afford not to buy from you? And there's so much more that we could get into about competition but um, I think we'd probably need to move forward so, uh, with what the next step is. And, and that next step, Janet, is a very important part of the annual planning, and that's uh, establishing a marketing plan that's going to align with and drive the achievement of our goals and objectives. And when doing this, I, I'm great at, at planning, and I'm great at running a business. I'm, I'm excellent at marketing, but... You know, i got to turn to my experts at marketing a lot of times to get help in building marketing strategies, whether it's online marketing, print marketing, uh, any type of communication marketing. And so I turn to people like you, Janet, to help build a marketing strategy. So do you mind if I turn the table on you and ask if you could share uh, two or three key points that a business leader should focus on to create a winning marketing plan? 
Sure, absolutely, Mickey. And some of it goes back to what we've already discussed here. One of the key things that you need to have for your your marketing plan is you actually need to know your target audience. And if and I know that you've been listening, you know that this is one of those things that's top of my list of things to do when when it comes to marketing planning. And it's not just the um the demographics as far as are they, um, is it a business or is it a, a consumer? It's really getting to know that person on an individual level and so that it's almost like you're talking to them right across the table because that really helps your marketing message because you can actually talk to that person specifically. And some of the examples that I've given in the past when, when and, and you know this, when we're talking about a, tar- a target audiences, I get answers like uh, anyone with skin or anyone who breathes. That's, that's my yeah. latest one that I've gotten. And that really doesn't help you very much because um, you, your target market may be somewhere between 30 and 45 years old. But if you're talking about everybody who breathes, are you really talking to that audience? Or are you talking to an 18-year-old or a 65-year-old who have completely different needs and wants from your company or your product and service? So you really need to make sure that you're talking to your your um, target audience. The next thing that you need to do when you're putting together your marketing plan, as we've talked about with business planning in general, is really to look at what are your goals for your marketing efforts. Um, we all have different goals as far as where we want to get to with profits and revenue, but there's also um, goals for marketing such as um, do we want this uh, marketing piece to be a sales piece where we're actually selling directly to the customer? Um, Do we want to put some information together or some marketing materials together just to inform and educate our market about our products and services and our company and some of the other um, in industry specific uh, information that would be useful to them. And again, it all goes back to what I say continually is you're you're trying to build that no like and trust factor so that when they do make that decision to buy a product, they're going to come to you because they know like and trust you rather than their competition. And if you're not able to build that, then then it comes down to, um, it could come down to price. It could come down to something uh, very um, uh, sk- not very deep, but it, it's a reaction rather than a, a thought out and, and well-planned decision. And then, of course, you have to, uh, what are your goals for retention? Sometimes we only think about that first sale, and we don't think about how we're going to keep them coming back to us for those uh, remaining sales. And then the third thing that you need to think about when you're putting together your marketing plan are the types of marketing. And, and you mentioned them, Mickey. Um, you have what's your online marketing strategy, what's your offline marketing strategy, and uh, what's your in-person marketing strategy. So when you consider your online strategy, you're looking at um, what's what's on your website. What do you want people to do on your website? Uh, what are your calls to action on your website? Um, where are your customers congregating on social networks? Are they on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter 
or any of the other 500 plus social sites, where are they congregating and how can you get to them fairly easily? Um, are you going to advertise online? Are you going to go through uh, pay-per-click or Facebook ads or now Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and a lot of the others have opportunities for you to uh, actually advertise on those social networks? And you have to think about email when it comes to online marketing. How are you going to keep on touching that customer those 7 to 13 times before they actually hear your message and uh, acknowledge that in, in layman's terms that you exist and they want to know more about you? So those are some of the things that you need to consider when you're talking about online uh online marketing. For offline marketing, you need to consider what kinds of brochures do I need? Um, do I need to do print advertising or radio advertising? Um, is direct mail good for me? How do I set those up? What's the what's the process and what's what are the goals of each of those um, so that they fit in with the overall business plan and with your um, budget? Because you do need to put a, a budget together for all of this, and we haven't really talked about that. But that's one of the key components of this: is how much of your overall revenue are you going, or uh, overall sales, are you going to actually spend on marketing, and how are you going to uh, coordinate the return on investment and all that? And then the last part of the types of marketing that you need to consider is the in-person marketing, which is what uh, you and I do really well, which is the networking events, um, uh, going to associations and joining associations that are associated, that are part of our industry, um, making and just making sure that you're um, involved and seen in the in the local environment and online and in print so that people do start coming to you and asking for your products and services. So now that we've... That's a lot. Com- it is. And, it is. And it, would you agree, Janet, that when we, when we look at this, and everything you're talking about really boils down to, uh, first of all, cost of acquisition of a client. Right. Where where do you invest your dollars and, and do you plan properly and how do you measure the return on that investment? Right. Right? Yeah. So that's one of the things we have to look at when we're building the marketing plan and you're absolutely correct when it comes to setting a budget. Just a few days ago, uh, I had a new client that I'm working with and I said, how are we going to go to market with your product? And he says, you know, I'm just going to spend whatever it takes. Well, he's going to spend himself into oblivion if we don't manage the the cost properly. So we have that part, but also in today's world, you talked about online marketing and offline marketing. Would you say that the message when you're going online, because it's broadcasted to a broader base, that the message you have there might be different than what your local printed message is? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and and you also have to take into the fact that when you print information, it you have to take into account the printing costs. So you don't want to print something that's too specific. You want to make sure that that's general too. But on your online online audience, you can talk a little more specific, especially when you do email marketing, because you can actually tie it to that person's buying habits their likes and dislikes and all that sort of stuff too. Yeah. 
people had some great information. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing that I get when, when I'm talking to my clients about uh, social media and, and online marketing in particular is they have this shiny object syndrome where mm-hmm. they see, they hear about what everybody else is doing and they want to get on board and they haven't really considered how it fits into their marketing plan and they go off and do something and it costs them more than they thought it would and they come back and, and they don't have the results. So their automatic reaction is, oh, this doesn't work. I'm not going to do this anymore. I, I'm done with this. And in yeah. fact, it's just because they didn't plan it out correctly. Yeah, it's the old one and done thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's and that and even with all of your business planning, that's what you have to keep in, in mind is that this is an ongoing process, and you really do need to make sure that you're um, looking forward and backward and in the present yep. to make sure yeah, that your your plan is working. Yeah, you've got to be agile. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mickey, it's time for our next break. Okay. So when we'll come back, we'll just continue our, our talk on uh, getting your business plan together. So stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Like what you are hearing on marketing that won't break the bank? Join our mailing list to receive show updates, exclusive bonus materials, and more information on marketing for small businesses. To sign up, visit 411marketingsolutions.com forward slash radio. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Paydar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So before the break, we were talking about three critical steps in the planning process. We talked about setting the financial goals and plan, analyzing the competition, and then putting together your marketing plan. So Mickey, what's next? 
Uh, it's, a, it's a great question because if we just had, had the goals and knew who our competition is, uh, might as well just put the book on the shelf if we, don't, if we stop right there. Right. And the right. problem is a lot of people, that's what they do. A lot of businesses, they stop right there. So what we have to do is we have to take our goals and objectives and we have to expand on each of them. And this is done by first understanding how we're going to measure our execution of each of our goals and objectives. And these are called metrics. These metrics could be broken down into a variety of, of different areas. It could be revenue per month or revenue per quarter. Let's just say, uh, you know, in simple terms, that somebody's goal is $1.2 million. So what do they have to do per month? Well, if everything was equal, $100,000 a month. Right. Uh, Right. Perhaps it's uh, you, you have to increase the number of clients you have. You understand your client base. They're buying from you on a regular basis, and you know what, what's going to come from them. So what you have to do is figure out how you're going to get more clients. That could be a metric that today you have 50, you want to get to 100. Also, target market penetration. You, you mentioned target audience when we talked about marketing and, and the message you want to get out. Well, what about the market, if, if we want to focus on a vertical market that's going to help us grow greater and is going to prove more uh, financially successful for us in the future? And there are many other ways of measuring those metrics. And then we have the metrics, and, and that's great. So we know how we want to break it down, how we want to, if you will, as Brian Tracy says, is uh, we, we know which of the tougher metrics that are going to bring us the most value, we'll call those our biggest and ugliest frogs, and we're going to eat those first. And uh, so that's great that we've set them, but how are we going to get to those metrics? And doing that, we do it by each of the activities or actions that we have to accomplish that will drive the achievement of those metrics. So we're going to list all of those things down, the, the actions that we have to take place. Maybe it's uh, run a direct mail campaign and target certain audiences by X date. And for that, that's going to give us X number of client acquisitions. All this is going to lead to successful execution of the goals and the objectives that, that the business leader has put in place. Well, and sometimes that's it's really important to break it down into those uh, manageable um, shorter-term goals, because, okay. like you said, when you look at 1.2 million revenue, that's a big goal for a small company or a, a medium-sized company that's hasn't been to that level before. So sometimes when you break it down into um, quarterly goals and monthly goals, and even okay. Um, this is my goal per month is $100,000 and how do I get there? And, and you start looking at, like you said, um, this is how much it takes to, how, how long I have to spend with a client. This is how much it takes to uh, acquire that client or that customer. Um, these are the actions that have been most successful um, in acquiring that customer and then looking at how to reduce that cost or how to increase your sales force so that you can get to that number um, fairly quickly or, or 
hit your goals. And then if you and then what happens if you don't hit your goals for that month? Do you adjust it for the next month so that you you're still on track? Uh, you, you don't adjust the goal. What you do adjust, right. and, and that's, a, that's a great comment, and that's what people will do. They'll say, well, we've got to change our goal. No, the goal stays the same. It's an annual goal. The metrics may be adjusted, and the actions will be adjusted because the, the end game is hitting that $1.2 million. So right. maybe the actions, our activities, were not commensurate with what our goal is. And so we have to take a good look at that. And perhaps the environment that we're working in has had somewhat of a change, and we have to address what that change is, be flexible, adjust accordingly, and then get our focus back in place. And sometimes that's really hard to do. Oh, it's really hard. Uh, you had said you had said that we need to um, be creative and think outside of the box. And sometimes for business owners, they they hold on to that idea, and they don't want to let it go. And they don't, in some ways, they can't see the forest through the trees. Yeah. Well, and great reason why you always have an accountability partner that you can turn to, somebody that can speak openly and honestly to you. And let you know that, hey, you know, you're, you're heading straight for that wall. Maybe you, you ought to turn right now. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point, Mickey. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. A lot of times when you're talking about small businesses, and we'll, we'll get into this in a little bit, but you feel like you're alone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how, how do you get out of that feeling of alone? How do you get all this done? Because a lot of times um, it could overwhelm you and and in some ways, it could actually paralyze you from even moving forward. Sure, sure. And Janet, I mean, if you had your plan, would you do it all yourself as a business owner? Not if I could help it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that you feel that way. And I got to tell you that you're absolutely correct. Most small business owners, they want to grasp tightly onto their dream. This is their business, and they've built that business, and rightfully so, that they should control things. Because it is their whole life. However, there, there are some of the things in their business that if they don't give up control on, on some of those items, whatever that item may be, the principal, the business owner, is going to lose sight of the big picture. And that could be right. really dangerous. So, you know, you take a, a, an owner, even in larger companies or in mid-sized companies, the executive or general manager, and you think about them and what role they really play in the business. A business owner is truly, they're the visionary. They're the visionary of their business. And their, their key role, the way I view it, is that they're the conductor of the orchestra. They make sure that everyone is playing from the same sheet of music. You know, if everybody had different sheets of music, we're going to hear a terrible concerto. And it's, right. it's up to that conductor to bring everybody together or to get everybody to start together, be on the same beat, and he or she is going to make sure everybody is playing to that beat. So it's extremely important that the leader delegate functions to those that have skills to get the work done. I'll, I'll, I'll say it a different way. 
a conductor of an orchestra doesn't necessarily know how to play every single one of the instruments in that orchestra. But they know how they're supposed to sound and they know how they all go together. Could you imagine if that conductor said, you know, I'm going to make a recording and I'm going to play every one of these instruments even though I don't do it well. Again, it's not going to sound good. In a business, if a business leader understands the business they're in, but they don't know how to do every one of the functions but insist on doing them themselves, maybe it's to save a couple of pennies. Well, they're likely to make some mistakes, and it could be very costly to them in the future. So it's important for them to delegate functions to those that have the skill sets to get the work done so that the principal can remain the visionary. And if that business leader tries to do everything themselves, again, the likelihood of failure is amplified and gets expensive. So let, let's think about it this way. So as, as the visionary of the business, the leader's always looking at what opportunities lay ahead. By doing this, the business leader is going to make sure that the business continues to grow and, and they'll adjust with the changing environment. The, the business leader reviews uh, all the, the things that need to be looked at for the future. And uh, then they have their managers, and their managers review results. They look at what's happening in the past where the business leader's looking to what are we going to do in the future and what might be changing at a time. The manager's going to do the production planning and see how all that goes. And they're going to be concerned about past performance and metrics and then adjust the actions so that in the future they can get closer to meeting their goals or exceeding their goals. But Janet, you know, in small businesses, the visionary, the business leader could take on both those tasks of both being the visionary and uh, the business manager, and that's okay. But then let's look at some of the daily tasks. Uh, maybe it's a, it's a, a product-centered business where they're doing a lot of packing and shipping. They're doing a lot of daily billing. They have accounting. The business owner, the business leader shouldn't be doing those things. The cost of doing that compared to being the cost of the leader is relatively low, and that should be delegated to people who are the technicians within each of the departments. I have a diagram of this, and uh, it's referred to as the three eyes, and I'm talking about eyeballs, the three eyes of the entrepreneur. And this actually was a principle that came out of a book that was written by a guy named Michael Gerber. And the name of the book is The E-Myth Revisited. And I've posted that diagram on my website so that people get that idea of what it should be. And the website, uh, it's on my blog page at mickeygubman.com. So there you go, so, Janet. Uh, goals are so, established, actions metrics determined, works distributed, and all that's left is to execute and be successful. And so let's let's talk about this for a minute. So um, I want to go back. Can, can you explain the th- uh, when we come back from our commercial? Let's yeah. go into a little more detail about the three three eyes and what those those three eyeballs are. Yeah. And also, it's important to remember that a lot of small business owners do you like to be chief cook and bottle washer? So we have to, is there a way to get out of that? So when we come back, let's talk about that, okay? Terrific. Sounds good. So stay tuned. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let's face it. Marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411MarketingSolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411MarketingSolutions.com. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So, Mickey, before the commercial break, uh, we were talking about how important it is for um, business, uh, business owners to make sure that they're able to delegate to others. And you had mentioned uh, a diagram that you have on your website, on, on your blog, called The Three Eyes of the Entrepreneur. Can you just go through that a little bit and, and tell us a little bit about what that diagram shows and why it's important? Absolutely. So the three eyes of the entrepreneur, the three different functions within a business require, in in a small to mid-sized business, an entrepreneur, person who is a manager, and a technician. So to describe those, think about this. And this will be what you'll see in the diagram when, when your listeners pull it up. The entrepreneur is always as you look at this diagram, is always looking to the right. Uh, a former CEO of mine who I respected immensely always said, we have to be looking west. We have to be moving west. And going back to the 1800s, when we talk about moving west, we're going for the gold. Right. And that's what the entrepreneur is always going to be looking at. Where do I have to go to achieve the goal, to achieve success, to achieve my objectives? So they're always going to be looking to the right, if you will. A manager of a business is very interested in what's going on in the past. So they're going to worry about the P&L, the profit and loss statement. 
they're going to be worried about how do we measure our success. Our success is measured on what we've achieved so far. Well, hopefully, they're not going to be worried about it. They'll be celebrating what, what their successes were so far. What they're also going to look at is the inventory, the supply chain. This could be of a variety of things. If it's somebody that is manufacturing a widget that they're going to sell, they're going to need to know how many do they need in their inventory. What are their inventory turns going to be? Say it's a remodeler or a general contractor. They're going to want to know how much mortar do they have to have on their shelf when they need to lay tile. They don't want to overdo Mm -hmm. it. They don't want to have too much because it ties up a lot of their cash flow. And the manager also has to look at what do our projects look like so that we can continue to achieve our goals and objectives. So that manager's eyes are always looking to the left if you drew it out on paper. So we have the entrepreneur looking to the right. We have the manager looking to the left or behind us. Mm -hmm. Then we have the technician. And the technician is the one that considers the here and now. They're the ones that take care of those day-to-day tasks, the tasks that need to be done, that need to be done by someone on a regular basis and throughout the entire day. These are the tasks that the entrepreneur can't take time away from their visionary work and their business development work. So the technician may be doing a lot of the seed planning and harvesting of the crops, if you will, and they're going to do the pack and ship. They'll do the daily accounting, send out the invoices to make sure that the business can continue to run effectively all the time. Now, if we take the three of these together and we look at what, what this means, if we just look at an entrepreneur, and I'm going to just throw some, some uh, values out there. Let's okay. say that the entrepreneur earns 50 to $100 an hour. On a 2,000-hour year, just using round numbers, at the low end, the entrepreneur is making $100 an hour. A manager, mm-hmm. let's, let's t- say they're making $35 an hour, so that's 70000 a year. And the technician is making $15 an hour, which is $30,000 a year. Right. So the question is, why would the entrepreneur, whose goal is to make $100,000 for themselves a year, why would they be doing work that would be valued at $30,000 a year. Hire somebody to do it. Right. Now, it goes even more beyond that. Let's talk about who's responsible for generating the revenue in this entrepreneurial model. 80% of the revenue generated in the business is typically generated from the entrepreneur and the manager's efforts. 80% of, that re- of the revenue of the business That's why many times you'll see in a smaller business the uh, tasks of the entrepreneur and the manager are combined, 80% of the revenue. But let's go even beyond that. 80% of of that revenue is generated by the entrepreneur themselves. And if they've got to focus their time on doing the technician work, the daily task work, they're never going to achieve... The, the ultimate goal that they have. Right. And, and that's really important because I think I've gone through this exercise with you and it's a, it's amazing when you see the day-to-day tasks that you're spending most of your time on 
where you're actually making that $15 an hour or less. Mm-hmm. And and you have to say to yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I not spending more time on my on building my business rather than working on my business? Yeah. Or in uh, my it, business, yeah. And uh, Jan, I, we we've talked in the past about Pareto's law, the 80/20 rule. Right. And so the the entrepreneur really has to spend 20% of their valuable time on activities that's going to give them 80% of their results. Right, exactly. And, and, that's, and for some small businesses, that's kind of hard to do, but that really is the ultimate goal, especially when you're putting your plan together and making Absolutely. sure that you can ex- execute that plan. So now that all that's left is that we have to execute it, what, what do we do now? How, how, how can we... How can you help us execute it? Well, I, I appreciate you asking that. Uh, so the the business leader and the entrepreneur, I mentioned earlier that they're at the top of the heap. And, and being at the top of that food chain, they, they need to have somebody that they can count on as an advisor that will be honest with them, that will be open with them, and that will guide them. And this is what I provide to them. I, I work as their trusted advisor and their accountability partner. An entrepreneur that runs a business needs a coach. It's been said by the most successful business people in the world that everybody needs a coach. These people have had coaches. Guys like Bill Gates have had coaches that has helped guide him to his levels of success. Well, every business can have a coach, and that's what I provide. I work with them to make sure that they stay on track, that they stay focused, and that they focus on achieving their goals. And I want to make sure that they achieve their goals faster than they thought would be possible. And this is what I do to help them out. Great. And how can people get in touch with you, Mickey? Well, there, there are a few different methods. First, they can send an email directly to me. And my email address is M like Mary Gubman, G-U-B like boy, M-A-N, at focalpointcoaching.com or they can reach me at my website which is mickeygubman.com that's M-I-C-K-E-Y G-U-B-M-A-N.com and there's a tab on there uh, on my website where you can click on it to connect and uh, you'll send me a note I'll connect with you Great. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Mickey. This has been a wonderful segment, and I think we everybody learned a lot about uh, business planning and how important it is to make sure that you have that annual business plan. So thank you next for having week, me on, the, on your program. Oh, I really enjoyed my it. My pleasure. So next week, we're going to talk about content is king and how to find and create your own content. So that means we're going to look at the difference between original content and content curation, what's important when developing your own content, and how to implement a simple content plan. So if you have, if you'd like to receive updates on the show and any bonus materials, you can sign up at our email list at 411marketingsolutions.com slash radio. And if you have any comments or suggestions for topics you would like to hear in the future, please send me an email at Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. And I'm so glad you all joined me and have a great week and I will see you on the flip side. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Be sure to join Janet Kunst for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you can use what you've learned in today's show and step up your marketing efforts. 